Yes, people, how are you doing? It's episode A335. Of course, it's Rained Up. It's me, Griff, obviously. How are you doing? Still up in Edinburgh, man. Um, in the bubble. Don't know what's going on in the outside world. I know they've... Uh, I think that nurse has been done for the baby murders. Um, and what seems to be the spill out of that is that a lot of people have worked in the NHS. I spoke about the anti-whistleblowing culture in the NHS you know if you actually do the right thing and bring up a grievance about a colleague or about a process or a system you're shunned ostracized your career is damaged and do you know what that's the same with almost every single industry it's the world we live in it's um it's actually hard to internally manage corruption and and wrongdoing if the people at the top well actually the people at the top people in the management um don't instill that culture so that's the problem it's, it's the two levels is the senior like the real senior management like that executive team then you've got that uh then that middle management I've seen it in different places where the middle management is the corrupt ones. The senior guys think they're getting the real information and, you know, and all the processes are being followed. So then when that grievance comes from the bottom, they're like, what? What's happening? And then they kind of realise, oh, wait, we haven't really got full control of what's going on. I feel like those companies, um, those companies may be in a worse state because they don't even understand how bad the shit is in their company whereas I think there's other companies where it's right from the top and it goes right down to the bottom and it's just a cesspit and uh, there's no point in trying to rectify it. it's just this is what this company does it's just them that's how they operate and um, yeah I'm not sure I'm not sure what position the NHS is in where it's uh, where it's right from the top or it's just those people in the middle who you know have the closest contact um but you know it's um be a rough one it could be a rough one at, uh, when, when you're in that situation when you're trying to whistle blow because it just completely de, de- incentivizes you and just if you actually had this proper it's, it's, it's the human condition, right? That when someone tells you something's wrong in your business or your company and you're actually invested in that company or your team or whatever, you take it as a personal attack. What your actual response should be is, I don't want that associated with me. Let's root that out. That's how it should be. But instead, so I say it's like, to, to make it more personal, it's like if your kids were really just terrible. And if a teacher comes go, your kid's this and that a lot of parents don't know you're not rather than really having a look at it being like well I don't want my kid to be out here being an arsehole I mean my mum was definitely that parent <laughs> is this true? I was like oh man don't ask me this in front of the teacher I'm not that good at lying to lie to both of you at the same time <laughs> um, so yeah I spotted that so I mean, it's interesting. I don't like doing the right, right, left thing, but it's interesting what newspapers are covering it and what newspapers are not covering it. Um, I mean, if we do a quick, 
Google of her, of Lucy Letby. Let's see what comes up. Let's see who comes up. The Independent, The Guardian. Oh no, GB News have got it. See, this is why you can't let other people tweets influence what is actually happening. Um, so no, GB News have covered it. Um, BBC, all right, everyone's covered it. See, this is what happens when you just follow shit, and that's why I'm happy I, I caught myself doing it. I accuse people of doing this all the time, almost said to myself. Uh, literally said, I don't get involved with this left and right wing thing. I was just about to do it. And then there it was. What the fucked up? Um, yep, yeah, it's, it's every single one. Daily Mail, Telegraph, Mirror, Time. Everyone's going, right, see, there you go, because it's big major news. See, it's not crying, people, about left wing, right wing shit. Some stuff is apolitical. Killing babies is apolitical. I mean, when it comes to then the inquiry and what, whose fault it was, it, then it'll be, it's the NHS and who funded well, it's because the cuts that Labour made before the Tory government, the Tory government's been in for 13 years, it has to be a Tory government, and then Brexit, it can't be Brexit, no talk about Brexit, and then, you know, it, it, it'll then be a political point scoring thing and nothing will actually be fixed. I'm an optimistic guy. <laughs> um, what else again? The Women's World Cup final, uh, watch that. Um, oh, just so the guy was at the door, right? So I had to turn up late. Um, I had people reserving seats for me, so I've walked in and this guy just stood across me. He goes, "You can't come in, we're at capacity." Oh, and I, I've still got my headphones. I'm just about to take him out. And he goes, "Could you please get back? We're at capacity." And I was like, um, and they go, I don't care. So, like, pardon, excuse me. What do you mean you don't care? I didn't say anything. What is it you don't care about? And he just kind of just looked, like, kind of looked at me, like, locked in. I was like, you're right. <laughs> I said, well, you're right. He goes, no, you need to get off the premises. Go, if I get off the premises, will you now talk to me like a human being? And then he stepped into my space. And I didn't move back. I was like, why, why are you standing so close to me? I don't understand what you're doing. You still haven't actually strung a proper sentence together yet. You, know, you need to join the queue if you want to come in. I was like, right, okay. I was like, so it doesn't matter if there's space reserved. He's like, no, it's the number of people in here, not about spaces. I was like, well, that's fine. That's all you had to say. I will join the queue. And in my head, I was like, ah, oh, just sometimes. I wish I was just that guy. You know, that's just an absolute savage. He just goes around breaking people's teeth. And we're like, oh, calm down, Steve, don't do it. And he's like, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? As much as says that, kind of crazy loose cannon. But um, it is what it is. And I eventually did get in. Uh, I, I saw the Spain golf from outside. I got in, and um, England were pretty lacklustre. I felt like watching the men's team. But here's the problem. Here's where I've noticed. Is that when the game finished, and England had lost, Spain has won, the spatters of Spanish people. I felt uncomfortable being in Scotland and having people singing in England. Um, what was funny was when the game finished, um, there was a pattern of like a round of applause, and then people just kind of got up and left. And I was like, see, people don't respect women's football. Why are there not cups of beer being just launched into the monitor? Why are Spanish fans not fearing for their safety? Hey, 
why are people not getting a little bit xenophobic and racist? Why, 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 where was that? <laughs> this is England or what? It's maybe like care about women's football. They don't respect it. Everyone just stays level-headed and behaved like human beings. Except for Chloe Petz. I saw Chloe Petz. She was, she was screaming and hurling abuse at the screen. Uh, but... <laughs> Ah dear, that's nah, jokes. It's jokes. Um, but yeah, it, it was. Um, it was just interesting just to see that kind of different dynamic. Um, and yeah, it's just funny just to see that's a calmer, nicer environment to watch football. People just be level-headed. I'd love to see it in men's football. Um, in the in the stands, but you know, men are emotional, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. One thing I did enjoy, though, is seeing the amount of women uh, in the beer garden. That's what I like to see. Um, Granted, you're always going to have, you know, more. um, I know it's a stereotype, but let's let's all agree. Most people who follow football are men. Um, And the amount of women following football is increasing. I guess a lot of women don't turn up to these certain spaces because when men get emotional and a bit weird, it's a bit intimidating and scary. So I get that. Then... But then with women's football, it's always been you know, a lot of women's sports, a lot of comics have covered this, saying, you know, women argue for equal pay, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, but women, do you actually support these women? Do you even have a favourite women's team? Can you name me one woman's player? And that's when it kind of falls down. Whereas yesterday, I would say there was more, the proportion of women there is higher than the proportion of women that have been at a men's World Cup final. Um... I'm not sure if the numbers of women are actually more, there's just less men, but the proportion was high. And I, and I think that's good. I, I would like to see more women watching women's football. That's how it should be. Um, but yeah, it's good. I mean, it's a good game. England done well. The women's football team, you know, they're, they're a good bunch of, um, of players. And they won the Euros last year, World Cup final. They're, they're pretty competitive, eh? Doing pretty well. Right. Let's see. Let's um. I think there's anything else that's happened. Um, that's major. I mean, all, all my Edinburgh stuffs on the about comedies on the fringe thing. My Spurs. I mean, I can't just talk about football, but the vibes are good at Tottenham. It's nice. Um. Um. Anything else? No, uh, to the other news. No, nothing else, right? So I guess we will get into um, we'll get into um, dear Deirdre. Actually, I just realized this. Some other stuff. Come on, let's go in our racism bag. Let's talk about racism. Um, two instances really. Got one. Got the sort about the women's World Cup final. The England women's team has been brought up before about how they're all blonde hair, blue eyed. Um, there's not much diversity in the team. I think there might be two mixed race women in the squad, and uh, then the rest are all um, all white. Now. It's, it's funny when someone highlights that, that it's, you get people 
crying that it's anti-white racism. But it's the same way if the team is all black and someone highlighted it. It wouldn't be racist. It's just an interesting observation considering if you compare it to the men's team. Um, and literally, even... even t- Yeah, it's just interesting. Because here's, here's what I'm going to say, sorry. Men's football appears to be a working class game. A lot of ethnic minorities in the UK end up being working class due to whatever reasons. So you don't see a lot of um, black and mixed race boys there. But it's also interesting there's not many Asian people, right? Like, that's interesting. And to ask the question why isn't accusing them of anything. It's not even something that necessarily even needs to be remedied if you actually find out the answer. But it's interesting, right? And it's, it seems that women's football is more of a middle-class endeavour, I think, because women aren't paid um, much. So, therefore, if you're working class, it's not really an option to be able to... Uh, have an almost professional professional career that requires all this commitment while simultaneously um, having another career to actually pay your bills um, if you're from a poorer background that's just not going to happen it's, it's less likely to happen right um, and I've heard kind of anecdotal stories of black women who played football and, and, and it's a thing of there's never actually any direct racism or anything like that that stopped them. It would be a thing of just the the kind of the logistics of actually moving around with the football team and where, because, you know, again, men's football, boys' football, you could be literally playing in the East London League. You play Newham League and you'd be playing within Newham. Where I grew up, Harlow, you could, Harlow, you could literally play within the district of Harlow and there was multiple divisions. So the furthest you, you'd have to travel is just somewhere else in Harlow. Women's football... Would end up having to be an Essex league because of the limited number of teams, and then it becomes difficult to get in all the girls around, and then you need that extra funding. You may need chipping in from the parents, and you know, and if it's a poorer team, are you really gonna be able to afford these really high subs because you need to pay for the minibus and drive? You see, what I mean, it becomes just a there's a barrier to entry. So that's interesting to me. And then if you are, if it's just a middle class thing, what other middle class sports are there? If it's cricket, it's like well. Joffre Archers there, but there haven't really been many black people play for England. Um, which I've noticed, you don't, you don't really see it. And you don't really see it, I think. I don't follow cricket enough, so I might be wrong, but I don't think I really know many black players who've played for England. Um, so I see more Asian players play for England. And then, um, I think cricket was one of the last sports where that kind of you represent where your parents are from that's still there now me growing up I've, I've never felt any affinity to England cricket team it's always been West Indies so if you think got that rugby seeing a lot because see quite a few black and mixed race guys play rugby and that's a very middle class sport um, but it does have a grassroots level as well and isn't that kind of, there are working class guys who play rugby not sure if it's to an elite level, but we see it. So, um, and is it one of those things that it's, is it one that, you know, that old thing of, because it's physicality and, you know, that kind of uh, racial stereotype of, you know, when they're black, they're strong. So, if you're now a 13 year old black boy who's hit puberty a bit early, and then, uh, 
you got your rugby coaches, a PE teacher. He's like, you want to play rugby, Tunde? <laughs> oh, dear. Tunde is just, he doesn't know how to play rugby. He's, 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 like, he's like, get the ball and just run towards the other end of the pitch. And he is just smashing boys out of the way. Um, I don't know. Is that how it happens? Um, but yeah, so the women's team is very, very white. Um, but that's not, not necessarily an issue that needs to be remedied. It's just, it is very interesting. That's all. That's all. That's all. <laughs> um, but uh, what else? What was I going to say? Um, I forgot what I was going to say now. What else is occurring? What else is occurring? Um, oh, that's it. The other thing I saw. So Sadiq Khan, he's, he's getting a bit of heat because he, uh, he posted post a picture as a white family walking and he said, this isn't a real representation of London. Again, it's like, at the risk of sounding um, right, here's the thing I don't know what he meant by that but let's not play ignorant if he's talking about the people in the picture then I do feel that's a bit out of order you know, most people who live in London are white <laughs> so to have a white family isn't a misrepresentation of London I think they're walking by the River Thames. Um, it's this idea of what's real London, what's what's real England. And the thing is, is, is it's a mixture of things, right? It's lots of different things. And at the same time, it's the same way that like people laugh at England for having a national dish being a curry, but it's like, yeah, it's a curry, but... And that, they go, that's Indian. It's like, it is, but then some curries are actually made here by the Indian people here. Indians... Um, and South Asians are the largest ethnic minority in the UK, so it's not strange that they end up having a influence on the culture. And it's never seen that way round. It's always seen as a well, this colonisation and blah blah blah. And I understand that, but then it can't be both. Of we need the representation, we need the acknowledgement, and there's like, okay, well we'll make our national dish a food from your culture. It's like, bah, you're stealing our things. <laughs> you know what I mean tea all that is, is sometimes I feel like if we could just remove the morality and sensitivity of history then we'd be more honest about history and we'd, and we'd be more open about our discussions you know that's what I mean like if you could bring everyone to the table and go right white Asian black mixed other you don't have to feel bad about what happened to you or what your ancestor did. Okay? But we are going to talk about Britain's past. It's not a thing to come away and go, this is what your ancestors did, this is what my ancestors did. No, it's just, this is what happened in Britain. And just talk about things just openly. So that when it comes to representation of, um, of London... You can't force in every picture just someone of every race. I don't think London's one of the only cities in the world that has someone of every nationality in it. You can't just whack everyone in the picture. Um, and sometimes, if we just if we don't make comment, 
In order to agree not to make comments, sometimes there'll be a family of black people, there'll be a family of white people, there'll be a family of Asian people, there may be a mixed family, and we don't have to cry and think that there's some erasure happening. Okay? It's okay. It's, it's fine. <laughs> Regardless of vibe, it doesn't matter what colour people are in an advert advertising London. It's just a silly thing for Salih Khan to, to comment on. But yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all I've got to say about that. Let's get into some Dear Deirdre. That's more fun. All right, let's get into Dear Deirdre. Let's go. My obsession. I'm addicted to OnlyFans and dream of meeting up with women in real life. Okay. Dear Deirdre, I'm worried I have an addiction to porn and OnlyFans is ruining my life. Well, that's not real porn. Grow up, you virgin. <laughs> I spend hours every day looking at porn. Hot wives accounts on Twitter and OnlyFans. Uh, why just sorry to be crazy. Just have a wank, mate. Surely after that's after you, you know, have a tug, you have that clarity. You're like, what am I doing? I've wasted wasted so much time of my life. Um, OnlyFans is my biggest waste of time and I'm signed up to four accounts. A couple of creators live locally so I get a real kick out of chatting them up uh, when I go out. Okay, I would give anything to actually get together with one of them in real life. I'm 28, single and male. I must have spent thousands on the site, although I can't bear to add up exactly how much. Maybe you need to, so you can face it. I can't unfollow the accounts. As soon as I unfollow one, I'm signed up to another. I'm hooked on the feeling I need to see the next picture they put up. I know it's seedy, pain to see these girls, and I often think I should be able to get my own girlfriend, but I doubt I'd ever be able to get such a good-looking girlfriend myself. I spent hours on Twitter looking for hot wife accounts too. It's ridiculous, but I feel compelled to keep going back for more, to see what they're doing. My ultimate fancy is to have a partner who lets me watch her have sex with other men. The hot wife cuckold kink. Jesus. Um, you're, you're all over the place, mate. <laughs> yes, your life's a shambles and a mess. I cannot help you. I have no suggestion or recommendation of, uh, of how to help you here. None. I wish I could. I wish I was... Uh, more equipped. Alas, I am not. Um, <laughs> there's just there's a lot going on there, man. I said, I was thinking you just need to maybe just start your morning with a wank, and then that might just slow you down from looking at porn for the rest of the day. You won't get so easily turned on, you know. Maybe that's what you need. Like a bloody farm animal in heat. Maybe it's just me. I don't. I don't understand these things. Um, yeah, hours, hours a day. Like, you got like Netflix or Amazon Prime. So there's other stuff to watch, man. Sky Sports. I don't know. I don't know. Let's move on. Dear Deirdre, husband dumped his vindictive lover who is now trying to destroy our family. Dear Deirdre, my husband, my partner's vindictive lover has destroyed our family life in the most cruel way. When he ended their dirty three-year affair, she was determined to hurt him. So you stuck with him, so 
that means he's got money she couldn't contact me as i'm not on any social media so she messaged our daughter sending filthy details of their sexual meetings what is wrong there some people are just weird i hope your daughter's like an adult our poor daughter also saw screen grabs of his loving messages to this woman and photos of all the gifts she bought I'm 51, my partner's 53, we've been together for 25 years, our daughter is 23 and we have a son who's 19. I mean, it actually doesn't matter how old your daughter is. Because it's, one thing I remember trying to explain to my mate when him and his parents were going through a divorce and he was trying to be the mediator and try and fix it. And I was like, there's nothing to do with you, mate. And he said, what do you mean? It's my mum and dad. I was like, no, but it's really nothing to do with you. They're adults, you're a kid. He goes, I'm not a kid, I'm in my 20s. He's like, no, you're a kid. To them, you're their kid. You're actually being a nuisance getting involved. There's stuff in their relationship that you have no idea about and you never will. And you don't need to because it is literally none of your business. And he couldn't wrap his head around that. And I understand. No one wants to see their parents split up. And it's the same thing of maybe your parents stayed together. Do you know that that your parent, like friends whose parents were divorcing, little does he know, his, his mum and dad might have been just shagging other people. And they're like, we won't let the boys know, but we should split up. You know what I mean? Not to know this. And it's it's the same here. This girl is 23. She's looking at her parents going, yeah, happily married. I don't need to know this stuff. I think my dad may have had an affair. I don't know. I don't need to see all the messages. I don't need to see all that shit. And then it's now a thing of, you now don't respect your dad for cheating on your mum, don't respect your mum for taking him back, and it all becomes weird. Um, I know, I had always felt so lucky that my husband was loyal and loving, but all that crumbled when my daughter withdrew from him and me without any explanation. Oh, so it came that way round. Okay. Worried, I dragged the problem out of her, and she reluctantly showed me the messages where tips, with tears streaming down her face. The other woman looks the same age as my daughter, but it was the loving messages between them that hurt the most. Within 10 minutes, I discovered that during lockdown, when he said he was going for a walk to clear his mind, he was actually meeting for sex in the woods. He even had sex in the back of his van. He, he has lived another life alongside us, and I've been oblivious to it. I feel like such an idiot. He's always come across as an honest, decent man. Now I've discovered his secret. He says he loves me, regrets everything, and wishes he could go back in time. I don't know what to do. It's hard to stop caring for someone who you've loved for years and I feel so betrayed. Okay, so you found out for your daughters. This is a hot mess, but you, you call into love of vind- She is vindictive, the, the person he's been cheating with, but that's not your focus, is it? That shouldn't be your focus. Your focus needs to be your husband and what's going on there. Do you even believe that he, he stopped this, didn't want to do this? Was this the first time? You know? Um, you know, just yeah, you got you got to focus uh, on your husband. We'll just work out what's happening there, because it's no point you trying to remedy this with your daughter between them, and then remedy with your husband. Then your husband just goes and bangs another person his daughter's age. I think that's just creepy. That's creepy. All right. I mean, the eyes have your eyes are eyes, right? And I understand, even me, 35, I could see a 19-year-old and be like, yeah, she's attractive. That's an attractive woman. But it kind of just stops there. 
you know, for me. Um, and I don't imagine. You know, it, uh, well, I've said this before. I think there's something to do with your, uh, your kind of like closest, youngest relative of the opposite sex. My sister was talking about this actually. So my sister's 14 years older than me, and because of that, whenever any guy who's near my age talks to her, she gets creeped out by it. <laughs> Remember, I'm 35, so a 35 year old talking to a woman who's going to turn 50 this year isn't actually that creepy if, if with no context but with the context of she has a younger brother that age she's like Ugh. Ugh. i think it's similar to me in the sense of i've got um, a niece who's seven years younger than me and a niece that's 14 years younger than me um i guess as i get older i'm 35 if I was single, would I date a 28-year-old? Here's the thing. Again, in isolation, probably. But then the idea that when I would bring her into my family, she's the same age as my niece, then I'd be like, ugh. <laughs> so I think there's something to that. That is like the, the age of your... The, of the well, Who have you attracted to? The age of that person in your family. It just might weird you out a bit. It would weird me out anyway. So I feel like if I had a niece or younger sister who was like two years younger than me, I don't think I could end up dating someone that was three or four years younger. It's just, I don't Maybe, I don't know. But I just feel it feels weird. It feels, it feels weird to me. Um, yeah, but uh, anyway, focus on your husband. Um, let's see if that really was a one-off or not. Probably not. Don't speak to the woman, though. You've got nothing to talk to her about. But yeah, she's caused mad destruction. (laughs) Um, Alright, flip side of that, then. Dear, dear, my lover is getting married and we are still having sex. I want to tell his fiancée. Dear Digi, my lion lover is marrying another woman, but I still can't resist having sex with him. I'm 31. I rekindled my relationship with my first love last year. We've been together for two years when we were 17, and though we both went on to have long-term relationships, we never forgot one another. Uh, When we met uh, a year ago, the passion was still there, and we had the most amazing sex. It's like rolling back the years. But I did get the feeling right from the start he was telling me lies. Sometimes he wouldn't show when we had arranged to meet. And he would call me at the last minute making an excuse. He never wanted me to visit his home. And if we met, it was always at my flat or his gym. I didn't have a clue that he was getting married to someone else though. When he went completely AWOL for a couple of weeks, I started to worry about him and decided to go and talk to his father, whom I had known since I was a teenager. His dad was surprised to see me and even more surprised when I told him what was going on between us. Golly! Um, he said his son was due to, <laughs> due to marry his girlfriend and that had been together for three years. After that, my lover admitted he had been lying, but he swears he still loves me. We met once a week. We meet once a week and he texts me every day. Last night he said he still wants to have sex with me after he is married. He knows I'm mad in love with him and can't live without him. 
I don't know if I can stand by while he gets married. Say nothing and carry on like we are now. I want more. Perhaps I should tell her the truth. At least tell, then it will be out in the open. And you won't have him. You won't have him that way. If your aim is to try and get this mad, then just give up. You're not getting this mad. He, he doesn't. He doesn't want to leave his missus. Um, how I know that? Because he hasn't left his his missus. That's why. That's how I know. Uh, yeah. That's how I know that. So yeah, that's all. Um, it's a big waste of your own time trying to entertain this man just um see yeah he's gonna hurt but just end it end the relationship because it's not a real thing um this man is clearly happy to just fuck you about doesn't respect you that's it just move on or you just keep banging him don't get pregnant and um keep your eye out for an actual single guy Great advice. Anyway, people, that is the end of the pod. Uh, I'll go to yeah, go to post up line. Uh, I guess the next time we record this pod, now I'll be in Edinburgh. So this is the penultimate recording that's in Edinburgh. But yeah, then we just back to usual scheduling. I know what's going on in the world. All right, people, peace.